0: Hello and welcome to the 44th episode of Woman Conversations for the Curious, a podcast I created for women looking to squeeze more juice out of life. I'm Amy Crawford, founder of The Holistic Ingredient. I'm a mindset therapist, whole food lover, and more than a little bit passionate about helping you feel comfortable around what it is to be a woman. To conclude the second series of the podcast for 2022, I am delighted to introduce you to Laura Jenkins. Laura Jenkins. Laura is a marketing director, a certified executive and organisational coach, and host of her own podcast series, In The Blend, where she brings together experts to help parents navigate life within a blended family. Having grown up in a blended family and now a decade into raising one of her own, Laura is passionate about helping blended families thrive. This is the first of what I hope will be more than one conversation with Laura. Now, Laura, I've had the pleasure of listening to your podcast in the blend, and I have a feeling that one podcast episode here will hardly touch the sides of this very important conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, there's so, it's a complex area, isn't it? Um, but in any case, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Amy. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Now, I believe it's your own personal circumstances that that led you to hosting your own podcast show. So I wondered if you'd be comfortable sharing with the listeners today a little bit about your own story.
1: Absolutely. So I was single in my 20s and uh, at the age of 29, I met a man named Matt who uh, lived over the other side of town, and he had two young children uh, who were two and four. So uh, he, he'd been divorced and uh, quite early on in their marriage. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm not sure if this is something that I, I want to take on. But nearing thirty, I thought you know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep an open mind here, and we you know we really hit it off like a house on fire and and I thought to myself i i think I'm in a position to be able to you know give this a shot i'm I'm going to have an open mind and i I really just went into the relationship with an open mind and and it went from there so so at the age of twenty nine i I sort of uh, went from this single girl lifestyle living in inner city Sydney in Surrey Hills. In my own apartment, uh, you know, going out to dinner every night as you do with girlfriends and and that sort of thing, and uh, and then went over, moved over to the northern beaches, and and found myself with this instant family. And what what you've just said
0: there is significant enough in itself. I I myself used to live in Surrey Hills in Sydney, and the very Ah. fact you actually just moved over the bridge is a big enough deal, let alone the fact you moved over.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) right. That's right. My older brother used to tease me and say that uh, I needed a passport to get over the other side. But um but this became my whole new world. And all of a sudden I I you know found myself at at uh, birthday parties on the weekend and you know going to the playground and and of course navigating ex-partners and and all of those sorts of things. So it really was a whole new world for me. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think it was through that experience as well of, of, you know, having this instant family that it actually made me quite maternal as well. And, and we've gone on to have, have two children of our own. Uh, so it's been about 10 years now we've been together. So we've got a, at the moment, a three-year-old, a six-year-old, and, uh, and, and the big kids are now 12 and 14.
0: Right. My goodness. So when you hopped over the bridge and you found yourself with a man that you were clearly deeply in love with with two little kids i'm guessing there was no rule book for you
1: there was absolutely no rule book and uh it was it was a whole new world and i i really did keep an open mind um you know the whole way through and i i think by nature i'm someone who's quite calm in terms of my just my natural demeanor uh i you know i'm i'm generally quite quite a relaxed person. And I I think that really helped me through in that I, uh, you know, I really tried not to let things worry me too much. But in saying that, there are a lot of different things that, you know, that have come up along the way that, uh, that I've had to, navigate Mm. and um and all of those things were firsts for me they were all you know all brand new and uh I I went looking at times for different resources that could help sort of steer me in the right direction when I might feel like I needed a little bit of that and often had trouble finding a lot of really useful resources and uh, and and so that's how you know the whole the whole idea for the podcast came about was uh, really wanting to provide a you know a resource for people where they could uh, listen to experts who could provide really useful guidance and advice on some of these topics that I was navigating myself.
0: And would I be right in saying at the age that you met Matt, there you wouldn't have had many friends in a similar situation to you?
1: That's spot on spot on so most of my friends were were single or had you know casual boyfriends in uh yeah lived in the same area as me and uh and, and Matt's about nine years older than me as well so moved into that yeah, world of his friends, most of whom also had children, and and uh, yeah, found myself in this entirely new situation. Mm-hmm.
0: I know for, for myself, being when I met Andrew at, at 49. Um, so, for the listeners that don't know this, Andrew has two daughters, um, 20 and 21. And um, at that age, you know, when you're 50, there are many others around who've been in similar situations. And so there's been opportunities for me to have discussions with them, to get some advice from them, um, which is, you know, immensely supportive during what can be a really complex time. So for, you know, you certainly have, as you've said, you're calm, you've managed to just navigate this situation, but um, hats off for you for, you know, certainly at this, at this point, it sounds like it, I'm sure it had some ups and downs, but you navigated it well. Um, yeah. So, so the podcast was born out of a recognition, I imagine, for more for building more awareness. Because, yeah, I, I I'm sure there aren't many podcasts that have a very specific blend nature. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah, that's yes. spot on,
1: Amy. So i I have found a ton of different parenting resources out there, mm. and really struggled to find quality. Evidence-based blended family resources, especially resources that are produced locally as well. So there are a, a couple of blended family podcasts that have come out of the states, and uh, and um, there's one or two that I've come across as well in in the UK. But uh, really, you know, there, there is not a, a wealth of information out there when it comes to you know this this whole plethora of different topics that people. People face and and I think one of the reasons why there is so many there's so many topics and and there's so much content there is because no two people have the same situation. No, so,
0: which is going to be my next question actually, which was what are you know what are some of the different types of blended family situations that you could think of?
1: Yeah, so there'll be blended families where, uh, like like myself, where a single girl meets man with children and then go on to have their own children together Um, then there's a situation where uh, you may meet somebody who has children but you choose not to have children of your own there might be a situation where you have children and he has children and you both come together and uh you know there's there's a blended family there with with two sets of children from prior relationships mm-hmm. so you know it really can be this whole mishmash of different scenarios and uh someone who does a really good job of explaining the different scenarios uh, is Dr. Lisa Dudson, who we were just talking about a moment ago, Amy, uh, before we started recording. So she was recently on my, my podcast and uh, had a really fascinating conversation with her on the topic of how to be a happier blended family parent. And in her book, uh, she's written a couple of books, but but one of her books called How to Be a Happy Stepmom." She uh goes through the uh what one of the early chapters and she actually talks about all of the different types of potential blended family scenarios and uh and, and addresses some of the different challenges that can that can be relevant for people in those situations. Mm. So that's a, that's a really, really useful resource that I have come across that spells that out quite nicely.
0: Yes, and we'll make sure that we link through to that specific podcast episode in the show notes as well so that people can listen to it because I really enjoyed that episode. So given there are many types of different, the many types of blended family situations, what, what are some of the complexities that we might face?
1: Okay, I think... <laughs> where to start? <laughs> where to start, Amy? I know, I know. I'm looking at the time here thinking, how long have we got?
0: Yeah, we so, can do this so, again, just so yes. you know.
1: <laughs> Look, I think one of the biggest things that I I came up against was this idea of, you know, what is my role in the blended family? So meeting someone who already has children is uh, means that there's already established traditions and there's past history that's happened before I've arrived in the picture. And uh, what I grappled with initially at the start was was really figuring out what is my role? And is it my role to parent these young children when they're with us week on and week off? Or is it my role to stand back and let Matt do the parenting um, and you know be there as more of a you know an aunt uh, type figure or a friendly cousin type figure and uh, that that was something that it took me a little while to navigate and I think by way of my my natural style, I was quite uh, happy to let Matt do the parenting and really focus on trying to build a relationship with the kids when they were young and just have fun with them and and really try and get to know them and enjoy their company. And, uh, and that's something, you know, we've, we've talked about in more depth on the podcast as well as this whole area of discipline. But I think, I think that that's one area that can be quite, um, quite challenging to get your head around, you know, just in terms of, do I. Do I discipline someone else's children? What is my role? Mm. Uh, What am I allowed to do and and not do? And and also remembering that there's an ex-partner as well and that things that are happening in the household unit are likely going to go back to the ex, um, in particular uh, if the children are younger. So, you know, really um, keeping that in mind.
0: And I guess, sorry to interrupt you, but I imagine that what would be so pertinent here for a more easeful blending um, mm. is your ability to communicate your needs and and your partner's needs um, and, and everything surrounding this with your partner so Absolutely. ongoing communication because particularly when you're going into a relationship where where the partner has the children and you not know, you know needing to know where you stand so I did did that did that journey start with communication obviously conversations with him
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is so important to make sure that both of you are in agreement on what your role is as well. And I think if if people can figure that out early in the piece, it makes things a lot easier as you go along and can really help to alleviate a lot of that anxiety and, and stress that mm-hmm. you, and worry you might feel, you know, am I doing this right?
0: Yeah. So, and yeah. I, I really want to touch on the discipline piece, but I was just wondering is there, there must be a really fine line between, for instance, for those who choose not to discipline, mm. there must be a really fine line between not disciplining mm. and also, though, not becoming a, a friend
1: per se. You, yes. Would that be fair? Uh, that's fair. And something that uh, Joseph Dreeson, yes. who's a parenting coach, and he, I had a conversation with him on the podcast as well, a couple of months back. And he he spoke about this at length. And uh, his advice was, number one, focus on building that connection before that correction. So really get that right first. And once you have built that connection, and some time has passed, then you're in a position to be able to start to uh, potentially, you know, exert your authority where needed, uh, but but obviously uh, doing that in a, you know, in a in a constructive way, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. So and, and and how much then? So what are some of the ways in which you would foster a connection with stepkids?
1: Some of the things that I have done personally have been to do things that interest them so when they were little they loved you know doing puzzles and uh they loved going to the park so it was a matter of of you know prioritizing the things that were important to them mm-hmm. and now that they're a little bit older my 12 year old stepdaughter loves going to the mall so if i've got a couple of hours spare on a saturday afternoon to to go shopping with her or you know have a wander around the shops that's something that that really lights her up at the moment or you know for my for my stepson who's now 14 he's really happy to to do anything involving a basketball generally, so if I can you know be there to watch a basketball game or or, or you know show some interest in in what you know, how his basketball games are going and and how mm. his team is faring for the season, and those sorts of things, so really you know, um, pinpointing the issues. Oh, the or pin, sorry, pinpointing the areas that the kids are interested in, and and really trying to hone in on on their interests and and sort of meet them where their natural interests are.
0: Okay, so. You're, as going back to, you know, I'm imagining you as the, as the previously single 29-year-old going into a relationship with these young kids, one of the complexities I imagine you face was this sudden loss of your own time. So whilst you're, um, you know, heavily engaged with connecting with the kids and doing things that they love and enjoy, did you have to then be really mindful of making sure there was some sacred time for Laura?
1: absolutely and this is something i've got better at yeah. as as time has gone on and and i've become more comfortable as well in in terms of my my situation and at at the start I, I i perhaps didn't do that enough and and then you know that that can potentially lead to feelings of resentment as well where you feel like i'm give 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 giving all the time and and you know doing doing things that you know, everyone else wants to do all the time. And I'm, I'm not finding time for myself. And, uh, and you know, having a, having a, a busy career and, you know, lots of things to juggle on top of, of that, it can be difficult to prioritize yourself when you feel like, you know, there's so many things in your life that you've got to keep, you've got to keep, afloat so um, but now I'm quite deliberate about that and I, I really do try and make time for myself at least on a weekly basis mm. uh, for example on Saturday I went down and had a pedicure and said to Matt I'm out for two hours I'm going to go and have some time time out and and you know not feeling guilty about that mm. and then I'm back and I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm back in the zone when I walk back through the door but yeah just having that time has been really important for me.
0: For and sure. why do so 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 yeah, it's interesting you say and not feeling guilty about that, but why is it so important that we actually should prioritize our own well being in this situation? Because I imagine if we weren't putting that time aside to prioritize our own well being, then we'd mm. face a different set of challenges, wouldn't we?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Look, I think there's there's depression. I think people can start to feel a question their relationship and and whether you know this is all too hard. And and something that that uh you know I I have done at times is I've I've probably been a little bit perfectionistic as well in terms of thinking about the family unit and and thinking that oh you know would it would it have been my life have been less complex if I had met somebody who didn't have any children and you know, I wouldn't have all of these other things to contend with but i think the reality is in today's world there there is no normal family mm-hmm. and you know, there's modern families everywhere and it's taken me a little while to to really feel comfortable in in that knowledge but i i really do think that once you think about it that way it does it does uh, really take the pressure off yourself, and then can help boost your mental health and feeling of well-being because you, you you're focusing on the here and now, and you're grateful for the situation you've got, and and you're all the wonderful people in your life that you've got the good fortune of being able to love and look after, and you know help raise.
0: Mm, it's easy, isn't it? I imagine. I imagine it would be. Um... With some of the challenges that you are facing when you come into a blended family for the very first time, it would be easy to fall into the grasses always. The grass is greener, you know, and pining for days that were. But what? But the grass isn't always greener because what you just have is a is a really wonderful, well, new family for a start, and this exactly. possibility for so much fulfillment and satisfaction and connection with with some children. That's it. <laughs> yeah, actually.
1: Coming back to Lisa Dudson, she said a really good uh state of mind to be in is to think you know, look at your partner and look at the way his face lights up when his children walk in the door and really feel feel that happiness for him in that gosh isn't that fantastic you know he's so delighted that he's you know, his children are here now for the weekend and and really join in in that, you know, those those feelings of of um yeah of, of happiness and share in that moment with him. So I mm. thought that was another nice Yeah, that was beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um and so and so coming back to disciplining. Yes. Gosh this is a complex topic. That probably is a podcast episode on its own, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Definitely. Um where to start? So this this yeah I'm going to let you leave with this conversation around disciplining. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it's such
1: a delicate thing and, you know, something that Joseph Drayson had suggested in, in the discussion we had that I mentioned earlier was in those early days, treat your house a little bit like a backpackers. And what he meant by that was, was, if you provide a nice, comfortable home for your stepchildren to come in and out of and there's always food in the fridge and and you're not on their case every five minutes about do this and do that. That's going to make them feel more comfortable in their situation, and they're going to feel like, "Hey, this is quite nice coming over to Dad and Laura's. I can, I can, you know, relax and and uh, you know, I really quite enjoy being here." In particular, as they get older and move into the teenage years, and I thought that you know that that was quite interesting advice. And again, it comes back to that idea of correct connection before correction, and really helping to. Uh, think about the children what's going to make them feel comfortable you know they've had a really busy day uh, what you know why don't you take some time out and, and watch a movie and have a have a break and then let's get into your homework after that and you're know, really trying to be very mindful of the children and their what you know what's been going on in their world and um, and really working on building that connection so does that that that's
0: yeah that's that's one, a really wonderful perspective, isn't it? I, I'm, what's happened, going on in my mind is the sense of these, you know, two adults coming together who, who've who lived apart previously and have very different expectations around how to run a house um, yes. and what is, is and is not okay. You know, like is getting up in the middle of dinner okay to just get up when you want and just walk away from the dinner table and is leaving your crap all over your bedroom floor okay, like all these sorts yes. of things. And so I... Would I Bart, would be right in saying that yes, connection is really key, but there needs mm. to be um, a deliberate, even if not kind of soft, um, set of boundaries so that the kids Definitely. know when they're coming to this. Because my goodness me, it's all, it's difficult enough coming into a new relationship without kids, with yes. the one partner who leaves their towel on the the wet towel <laughs> on the bed every day, or you know, these simple, simple examples. <laughs> I know, but that's difficult enough, isn't it? And that kind of <laughs> stuff can build resentment. Definitely. So, 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 yeah. Yeah, Some something that
1: we have done there is to be quite deliberate about, about the rules in our house and uh, always, and, you know, my style is always to do this in a, a relatively soft way, but the, the rules in our house is something that we can control and we can't control what goes on in the other house and we're never going to be able to control what goes on in the other house. So there's no point worrying about that. It's about, you know, what can we control? And there are things or traditions that the children were familiar with from their previous family unit and some of those we you know we bring we bring through and then it's about creating new family traditions as well when we have new children who arrive into the family as well so um so for us yeah it's we all have dinner together we you know we don't have phones at the dinner table we don't stand up and leave before everybody else is finished you know we have those Mm. those ground rules and those those family rules for a young growing family that I'm sure, you know, lots of nuclear families would have as well. And, uh, and you know, if the, if the kids have ever said, oh, well, we don't have to do this at mum's, then the response has always been, well, that's okay, but, you know, in this house, this is what we like to do. Mm. And and making sure that, that it's very clear that this is how, you know, this is how we behave here.
0: Yeah, which brings about a sense of safety for kids as well, doesn't it? The understanding what the expectations are. Absolutely, um, and so when so going back to disciplining, would I be right in saying, as someone who hasn't needed to discipline young kids um, in a in a relationship, um, that really that conversation around disciplining and how you might discipline kids would need to involve the ex as well, generally, if there is a relatively amicable relationship there.
1: Ideally, yes. Yeah. ideally and and you know, communication with the ex when if you meet someone who's got young children is going to be ongoing you know there there is no there is no hiding from that and it's just the reality of children living in two houses and there's a whole wealth of different things that the as co-parents you need to be aligned on and you need to be across and um uh you know there's this uh, one of the guests i another guest i had on recently said she said, you know, when you get divorced or when you leave your ex, you are not divorcing as parents. And that really stuck with me. Regardless of what's happened in the relationship, you are always going to be parents of those children. And when it comes to discipline, or if there's been bad behavior at school, for example, then it's a matter of having a conversation with the ex partner to say, hey, you know, we've just heard from the teacher that this has happened. I've just wanted to let you know. And then it's up to the other parent how they want to handle that with the child you know when when the child is back in their in their care mm. so yeah it's a constant dialogue yeah I bet
0: and so from your situation um, you know you, as you've said you came into your situation where um, connection was really key um and that meant I w- would I be right in saying that Matt probably would be more responsible for the disciplining of the children? is definitely if you're happy to share is there was there sort of a point where it became okay for you to have a little bit more part to play there
1: yeah there has been so so Matt's always taken the lead on on the discipline for the kids and now we're 10 years in to our relationship and and you know if if I'm if I'm here with one of the kids and I need to say right come on tidy up this room let's go or quick phone off we've, you know, we've got to get onto this or that. I'm more than comfortable to do that now. And and they respect me and asking, asking them to do that as well. And like Joseph Drayson said, that just comes with time. And, uh, and I, I feel quite comfortable now doing that. Whereas in the first, you know, few months of, of my relationship with Matt, that, that probably wouldn't have been something that I was, you know, so comfortable
0: doing mm, okay and I imagine um and again this is probably a whole other podcast episode there's when we're talking about the complexities I mean we haven't even touched on the complexities of bringing different sets of kids together
1: yes <laughs> have yes. we? no I know yeah this could be a whole another podcast <laughs> episode yeah as well but um but look you know in my circumstance we I, I became really think i became quite maternal when i had the exposure to the two young children and and uh and yeah we went on to have have two, or, two of our own which i think matt still can't quite believe he's the father of four children something that he hadn't really uh set out to yeah you know, to go and have a have a huge family but um but when the new children came into our family situation uh, there's there's a whole lot of different ways it can go, mm. and we've got this beautiful photo of my my stepson holding the the baby, the, the first baby when she arrived, and the look on his face is sort of like what is going on here, and um, it yeah, it makes me laugh every time I look at the photo, but you know, the, it's been a really lovely
0: thing in,
1: in yeah. summary for our family and the, the big I kid. bet it
0: has for something for you I, I I imagine just for you having your own kids in the mix.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been it's been so nice for me. And it 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 just adds another dimension to the to the family life as well. It's it means we've got two kids full time and we've got uh and we've got four kids part-time. So four one week and and two the next, which keeps things interesting all the time. And uh and you know, as the kids are getting older as well, their relationship changes and goes through different phases. Mm. Uh, but but you know, we generally refer to them as the big kids and the little kids. And for the most part, they you know, they they love each other and they get along well and of course they have their moments like any any brothers and sisters do. But uh, I think it has, it it really has helped to bring us closer together. Yes, I I
0: imagine. Um, And so, Laura, there's a couple of other questions I've got for you before we're nearing out of time, unfortunately. One of those um, is with respect to, if you were to imagine uh, a woman coming into a relationship where there are children, what would be you may have covered this already, but what would be one of your key bits of advice to a woman who's about to who is navigating this in the very early days? And let's say she doesn't have her own children?
1: She doesn't have her own children. I would say, number one, stop comparing yourself to others. you know there there is no normal family, and really be present and enjoy the relationship and whatever comes with it, all parts of it. And don't worry about what anyone else is doing or, or you know, what, what your parents did or your friends. It's really, you know, there is no normal family. The second thing I would say is to stay calm and, you know, really model the behavior that you want the kids to replicate one day as well. So the, you know, there can be all sorts of different emotions at play when you're, when you're adjusting to the new situation that you find yourself in. But if you can stay calm and take it all in your stride and really be that role model for the children, then I think you know, that, that can go a long, long way. And uh, and then the third thing that I would say is to plan. And uh, we touched on this earlier with the self-care, you know, as well as that, be intentional with how you plan your holidays, how you plan time with your partner. You know, don't forget to nurture the relationship, how you plan time for your work and all the other things in your life. And, you know, get really good at planning to make sure that you're, you're giving adequate time to all of the different areas of, of your life to help you feel balanced and centred and, and you know, to help promote those feelings of of well-being. Yeah, beautiful. Um,
0: and really, and I imagine particularly in the earlier days, that planning just to be so vital to to provide yourself the opportunity to process the significant change that's happening in your life, because it's monumental, isn't it? going from no kids to the complexity of somebody else who's got kids and, you know, the discipline piece and the, the loss of your own space and all, there's just so much to navigate. So making sure there is honouring those feelings that come up whilst remaining calm (laughs)
1: absolutely in a nutshell that's it
0: (laughs) now the other question i had for you that is pertinent to um to this time of the year so this podcast episode will be will be launching before christmas 2022 and i wondered to those navigating upcoming um holidays as a blended family what's what's one or two bits of advice that you'd give these families
1: yes so this is another another big topic I think one of the first things I would say is acceptance and accept the situation, accept it's going to be messy at times, accept there's going to be a lot of different dynamics at play. You might have lots of people to be cooking for on Christmas Day. You might have a, an upset partner because he doesn't have his children with him on Christmas Day. You know, there's a whole lot of different things that might be happening. So just accept it's not going to be perfect and and really focus on being present and being grateful for what is and really appreciating the the here and now and making the very best of that. Um, the other thing that I would say is you know manage manage expectations as well and be quite deliberate in in saying to your partner, "I I'm going to need your help with this." Um, or even saying to the kids, you know, okay, give everyone a role. And this is how we're all going to contribute just so you're not shouldering too much of the load yourself as the, you know, the busy parent trying to trying to do everything and and, you know, give so much of yourself to everyone and everything that needs to happen around this time of year. So, you know, get good at delegating and use all those people in your tribe to help tick off all the things that need to happen and and yeah, give them a job,
0: yeah i that takes me back if I can to a really beautiful childhood memory. so when I grew up we had we shared a holiday house with another family, and the other family was blended, and so they came with um there were four five five boys, two girls, and yeah. then there was three in my own family. And so so the two sets of parents um, built a bungalow, an asbestos-filled bungalow. <laughs> this is back in the 70s, out the back of our holiday house where the kids, there was a boy's room and a girl's room. And so there'd be some days nine kids. We get up in the morning and this, you know, we're 200 metres from the beach. It was a beautiful spot. But what used to happen is there would be a list. There would be a bit of paper with a list of all of our jobs. And my job, I remember with um, my cousin, so we were related to them, we yep. were little girls at the time, was to make sure that all the potatoes were peeled by, say, 4 o'clock that afternoon. And somebody else's job was to go and sweep all the leaves every morning. Someone of the boys used to have to go and stack the wood. Somebody else used to have to come up at lunchtime to help slice the bread for, for lunch, you know. I love it. And And it was, you know, it was contained and there was lots of boundaries and we really made it work. And it was also lots of fun um having everybody around it was an adjustment initially but um having those I think the parents navigated it beautifully they just you know they just shared shared lots of their own responsibilities onto us and together we made it happen
1: love it yeah perfect so
0: on that note thank you so much for joining me today I'm so looking forward to sharing this episode and I'm I'm, I'm hoping you might come and join me again at some point in the new year
1: Absolutely, Amy. Thank you again so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Thanks, Laura. This was episode 44 of Woman, Conversations for the Curious. You can find Laura's podcast series, In The Blend, on all major podcast platforms. You'll also find Laura on Instagram at In The Blend Podcast, on Facebook, In The Blend, and via her website, intheblend.com.au. You'll find all of her links and today's show notes over at theholisticingredient.com forward slash 44. As always, if you're enjoying the series and you've two minutes to leave a review on your favorite app, I'd truly appreciate it. Now, as a reminder, this is the final podcast episode for 2022. So I'd love to wish you all a happy and healthy festive season. The podcast will be back to your listening ears towards the end of January 2023. Thank you so much for making this an amazing series, for listening and for all of your support. Lots of love.